It's time for Mac Geek Gab, and listener JG brings us our quick tip of the week. He says, you know how in messages you can long press on an individual message and then you choose reply or reaction or whatever you want, you know, and then it jumps down into that reply mode. Well, if you just need to reply, you can tug on an individual message from the left to the right and you just have to tug ever so slightly and then let go and your phone will be in reply mode to that message, the whole threaded reply thing. Try it out. It's kind of like how you tug in the opposite direction to see the timestamps, which perhaps might be a quick tip of its own, but tug left to right on an individual message from like, you know, the center of the message bubble or whatever, and you will be in reply mode. This is, we believe, new to iOS 17. More quick tips like this, plus your questions answered today on Mac Geek Up 1009 for Monday, November 13th, 2023. Welcome to Mac Geek Up, the show where you share your quick tips and cool stuff found and questions with us at feedback at MacGeekGab.com. And then we, in turn, take those and share those with the audience. We'll try and answer your questions. Of course, we'll share some quick tips and cool stuff found of our own. We string it together into an agenda every week here so that each of us has a great shot at learning at least five new things every single time we get together. Sponsors for this episode include barebones.com's BB Edit, my favorite text editor, and LinkedIn.com slash MGG, where you can go and pursed, pursed? post your first job for free. See how efficient I'm being? I just pursed that job. Uh, we'll talk more in depth about each of those in a little bit. For now, here in Durham, New Hampshire, not get caffeinated and probably going to be, I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in Lee, New Hampshire, it's Pilot Pete. Good to be back. Good to be doing the show. It is Loving good to be it. doing the show. Yeah. 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 It's been another early morning for me, but not because we had fun flying. I had to wake up. I had an electrician show up at my house in what I consider the middle of the night, 7 a.m. Ooh, 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 ooh. Share with me. How do you get that to happen? I don't get a guy to show up at your house, an electrician. (laughs) Well, that was, that's why I had to wake up at for, for a a. 7am arrival because he told us I'll be there at 7am. And we were like, amazing. Maybe we shouldn't go to sleep, you know, right? (laughs) but but whatever, it's fine. It's getting done. And, uh, and we'll have, actually, it's all about our kitchen remodel mostly, but, uh, there is some fun stuff that I have the electricians do sometimes and, and he's doing some fun stuff for me today. So. Uh, I'm eager to test out this thing and then I'll be able to talk about it on the show and, and then the electrician becomes a tax deduction. So, you know, that's how kind of how it works. Um, speaking of the tax deductions that we call our max Pete, does Neil have a quick tip to uh, Neil does have a quick tip and uh, it, it, it is awesome. So he says, gentlemen, I'm probably a day late and a dollar short on this since I've been behind and listening to the show. But you were discussing the different key combinations to insert special characters, such as option semicolon to insert an ellipsis. Uh, There is a convenient way to find out all of these different key combinations, although getting to it is a bit of a pain. Eh, Not really. Once it's done, it's done. You need to set up the screen keyboard, the on-screen keyboard viewer. To do this, you need to go into system settings, keyboard, text input, 
Then click on Edit and select the item to show the input menu in the menu bar. Once you've done this, you can select the input menu in the menu bar and show the keyboard viewer on screen. Each key is labeled with the character that will be inserted when that key is typed. So when you when you have that keyboard, tell, tell viewer, me where to tell me where to go again, just so everybody okay. hears that. So, yep. yep. So it's system settings. Yep. Keyboard. Yep. Then text in, input text input and click on the edit menu and select the item to show the input menu in the menu Got in it. the menu bar. Yep. Then once it's up in the menu bar, you you click on it and you show keyboard viewer. It'll say, you have two yep. options: show emoji and symbols, and show keyboard viewer. So if you show keyboard viewer, that that comes up. Then when you hold down, I'm going to do it right now as I'm speaking. So then when you hold that, you get a picture of your keyboard up in the uh, on your screen. And then when you hold down the option key, it shows you that if, for instance, if you hit option uh, N, you get that little uh, uh, tilde. No, yeah, I think it's the tilde. Yeah, yeah. Which makes the yeah. NY sound in yeah, Spanish. The NY, the NY. Yeah, NY, yeah, yeah. NY, yeah. So, um, it, fascinating. Or if you hit the control key, it shows you know what what different ones you'll get, and so it's quickly. Uh, my favorite one, I think, was uh, yeah. So uh, the euro symbol. I can't tell you how many times I've looked for that. So I have I have to hit option shift on the two key to get the euro symbol instead of going to another website searching for the euro symbol, cutting and pasting and all that. <laughs> You can use this keyboard to go, that's I like it. how I get to it. Option so, shift K lets you type the Apple logo, folks, if you wanted to know how to do that. so No way. Look at that. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yep. yep. So it gives you all those ASCII characters that they- Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were in there. So he goes, this is very convenient. It worked in the past. However, under Ventura, I've not been actually able to get the input menu Oh, to show up in the menu bar. Some Googling suggests you need at least two inputs. You're on Ventura, though. I'm on Sonoma here in the studio. Or Sonoma. Sonoma. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm on Ventura, so it worked for me. Yeah. yeah. But, but he All said right. maybe you need yeah multiple sources or something. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't, it, it worked for I me. Only I have didn't one. even think twice. Yeah, I, didn't, I, I didn't read that far to tell I, you. So. I just have the U.S. source, and, and it seems to work fine. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 I've known about that, but I, I like did not have it on and I need to have it on because it's, there are times like you, I, when I need to find the, the you know, the Euro symbol, or I want to know how to type the Apple logo and I don't remember, you know, option right. shift K I need to get option semicolon in my fingers. Uh, but you know, I'll get there. I just got to keep saying it over and over again. Right. Rod shares another interesting thing. He says, um, I've never liked how macOS minimizes application windows to the dock as another icon, right? You, know, you click the little yellow thing and it yep. minimizes down and it adds that window to the dock. He says there is a setting in uh, system settings, displays and dock. And the settings name is minimize windows into application icon. And if you turn that off, it takes the window and... And oh, it, oh, Dave, I'm sorry. Let me interrupt just briefly. Yes. You said displays and doc. It's desktop and doc. Thank you so much. I was yep. reading so tiny text settings. on my screen. Yep. It's system settings, desktop and doc. Okay. Got it. So system settings, desktop and doc. And then the settings name is minimize windows into application icon. And yeah. when you turn that on, if you hit the little minimize thing, it 
you'll see the the window minimize or or sort of shrink down into its application icon you no longer get a separate icon for that window to bring that window back but if I you click like it keeps I, your dock more efficient it keeps your dock cleaner whether it's more efficient mm. or not depends on your workflow yeah, cleaner yeah cleaner yeah because work. if you want if you minimize say three windows from uh pages right you know and you want to pull one of them up if you do it the the default the old way you just go and hover over the dock you find the one with the name you click and up it comes if you minimize them this new way where you're just minimizing them into the application, you have to you're click on get the, them all back. You click on the application and you get them all back. But you also don't know that you have them minimized. Like there's no visual indication oh, of yeah. that. Okay. So like as soon as I did this, I had the same reaction you did. I was like, oh, this is amazing. I want this. And then I was like, well, but do I? Like how yeah. much does this bother me? I mean, I like I get that we all have our own preferences, and that's sure. that's the wonderful part of this. Um, but uh, yeah. So, you know, uh, test it. See if it works for you. Great. Right. If it doesn't turn it back off, it's your computer. You do what you want. It's amazing. Yep. Hey, wait, can you, can you do what you want on your own computer? I guess. All I right. mean, sure. You have sure. our permission. You do. You have our permission. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just this go. once. <laughs> but just this once. It's just cause we're yeah. in the, uh, you know, the pre holiday spirit or yeah. whatever. And from is. henceforth. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Pete, you've got uh, you've got a couple of tips of of, of your own to share I, with well, us. I did, and um, I have the blessing and the curse of having a wife who is not into jewelry. Same, but that makes her so difficult to buy for. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Same. It does. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, what do I get? Uh, can't yeah, you can't just on a punt. bracelet or a ring or a right. necklace or, you know, there's no last minute punting yeah, for, for no. gifts. No, yeah. it has made me a better gift giver though. I will say like my wife constantly says, how'd you come up with this idea? It's like, well, I, I had to. So Pete yeah. blind ass luck. Oops. Excuse yeah, me. That's blind right. Backside luck. <laughs> that's right. But like, let's say that I am without the inspiration for the right gift idea. Yeah. You have an answer for us, don't you? I do, because, you know, several years ago, I, I lucked out. I gave her a jewelry box, and she's like, I love this. You, you put some thought into it, and, you know, it's clear that you – and I'm like, woohoo. But I haven't been able to come up with a great gift idea like that since. And I so I went, hey, chat GPT, mm. I want you to come up with some gift – help me find some gift ideas for my wife. And I want you to ask me – up to 10 questions to help me figure out, narrow down what, what it is to do. And it asked me all, what does she like to do? What kind of hobbies, you know, and I'm like hobbies, you know, not really reading, you know, and it came up with some great ideas like, you know, Hey, a a bed and breakfast getaway with a literary theme. And, you know, and, and I said, Oh, and stay within new England. And, and so it came up with some great ideas by asking me questions about what her likes and dislikes are. Um, and I told it, hey, no jewelry, uh, right up front, before even asking yeah, questions. I right. uh, said, hey, no jewelry, no tech, um, because I'm a huge tech. I love to give tech, right? Yeah, yeah. She doesn't love, she doesn't love to get tech as much as I love to give uh, tech. Ah, right, yeah. So, you know, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. Yeah, Lisa Lisa is a, like, she's she's nerdy, in, in, you know, in her way. Yeah. But 
but she does like gadgets to a degree. Like yeah. I, I could, I could easily like overdo it. Like she doesn't yeah. have as many gadgets as I do, obviously. But she, but she's yeah. into the you know into the gadgety stuff. Sure. But this is brilliant. My my other way, which I'll share because it it, it might help somebody out there, is when I have a specific thing that I am shopping for a gift for, and and with this one, Lisa doesn't generally like. I can't over jewelry her. She does wear like necklaces and earrings yeah. and things like that, but I have to be careful. Like I can't just like keep throwing jewelry at her. It, it won't land well. And so um, we had our 25th wedding anniversary uh, last month. Oh, and so congrats. thank you. And so, uh, yeah, it was 25 years and three weeks ago that Elvis uh, sort of presided over our wedding in Las Vegas. Nice. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Our families were there. John was even there. Um but I, so I went, as I often do when I have like a, a certain occasion that I'm looking for gifts for, I'll search on Amazon for like 25th wedding anniversary gifts, not necessarily to buy okay. from there, but just to start getting ideas. Like I, you know, I just need to sift. Now you're having chat GPT do the sifting, which I, I kind of like, right? But oftentimes what I do is I wind up on Etsy. Especially okay. if I know that jewelry is an okay thing, and and for our wedding anniversary, I actually got her this um, handmade uh, silver because it's you know it was our silver anniversary. It's a silver like pea pod like that's half open, and it has oh, yeah. our birthstones, each of our birthstones like in the little. There's two peas in a pod, and it's our birthstones, and it's got you know our initials carved in the back, and like yeah, it, I was able to find somebody on Etsy in like London that made it for me and shipped it to me in, in time, cool. but. But yeah, but I like your idea of ChatGPT and like perhaps the lead that we are burying here is something that you mentioned you had, you instructed ChatGPT to ask you questions. Yes. That is perhaps the most brilliant part of this because not only does that work for gifting, it works for any other sort of brainstorming kind of thing. Sure. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I just and and here's the thing to those that uh, you know, I, now fortunately I don't I don't think Debbie listens to this show. Okay. And so, but I don't want to get accused of you know, oh geez, you can't come up with something yourself. Hey, you know what? I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I want help. Difficult. I'll and, take help. You know what? I'll take help. I, you know. I, you're, instead you're, of asking her making, mother, what do you think? Here's the I'm thing. making the effort to do something thoughtful. And I think that's the key. Yeah, absolutely. And, and here's the thing, you know, you are, you are being presented. You are in, enlisting help in finding ideas, right? Just like when yeah. I search Amazon for 25th wedding anniversary, I, I, I just want ideas. You know, something's going to jump out at me and I consider myself an excellent curator, and so as I see these ideas come through, my skill is in selecting the best one. Right. And so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, these had some good ones. And, you know, it came up with, you know, does she like things or experiential? I went, she's yeah. definitely more of an experiential person. Yes. So, yeah. So that's the direction we'll go. And and by doing it now, by the way, yeah, okay, this is the, you know, the 13th of November is when this show hits the street. Yep. We're recording a few days before that. Do it now for Christmas because some of these are going to take you more than uh, 10 or 12 hours to uh, arrange. <laughs> well, you, you, you shouldn't be doing this at, at like 10 p.m. On Christmas, on Christmas Eve. Eve. Yeah, it's not going to work. Um, but I, I just I don't know. I, I feel like I uh, I got smart. <laughs> Dude, no, I, I think this is brilliant. I, this might be one of the best, the most most valuable tips we've we've ever shared on this show. So yeah. I like that. 
You, pre-show Pete, you were telling me about something that I didn't even know existed right. in iOS 17, so I wasn't able to prep it for the show, but t- tell us about this. So, yeah, so it's new in iOS 17, and it's called Personal Voice. And it's touted, uh, where I found it, it was touted by uh, a gent talking about people who may have um, like ALS or some other condition where you're going to lose your voice, oh. which will help you then be more communicative in your own voice. But you, you go into settings. This is on iOS. Go into yep. settings, accessibility, and then select personal voice. And you're going to need 15 to 20 minutes in a very quiet environment. Okay. And it will have you read 150 phrases. And then once you're done with that, it'll say, okay, good to go. Now set me on a charger and leave me alone. And it can take, it says up to 24 hours. Oh, In my wow. case, I think it took about seven or eight hours. Oh, so that's a, still a long time. It, yeah. oh, it was a long time and it won't do it unless it's on the charger. Even if you're at hundred percent, it's not going to crunch yeah, yeah, because some serious crunching, I guess, is going on in the background. I would imagine. So uh, it crunches down and then it comes back up and it says it's ready. And you can type in any phrase you type in will sound very much like your own voice. Now, you can still tell it's AI generated voice. And I think Apple does that on purpose to avoid uh deep fake for lack of a better word. Okay. Fair. But still, you're, I could be wrong. Yeah. yeah, um, Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounded pretty good. And I, I've heard other people's voices, but uh, it sounded very flat tone vo- in their own voice. And I think the trick is my, my recommendation is be very animated. When you read the phrase, be, be theatrical it's, it's about it. Huh? Be very theatrical and animated, and I think you'll get a better product in the end. So, and it isn't available on all. Uh, apparently, of uh, I think it was Tennessee Papa just put in the notes there uh, that it isn't available on some of the older devices. I don't know it, which device it becomes available. I would imagine by the twelve or. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, let's see. Does uh, Apple personal yeah. voice, does it say yeah. which um, create a personal voice on your iPhone, iPad or Mac? So iOS oh, 17, iPad OS 17 or Mac OS Sonoma or later. And it is an iPhone 12 or later, an iPad Air fifth generation or later. Uh, 12 and newer for iPhone, according to 12 and newer. Yeah. Yeah. 12 and newer for iPhone um, and a Mac with, uh, with Apple Silicon will do it too. So yeah. Okay. Um, Interesting. All right. So this, I might do this on my Mac. Like, I mean, yeah. I, got this, I got this yeah. Mac studio up here, like, maybe, and then, you know, and a nice and microphone then you can share too, it across right? all your devices. You don't have to do it on each device. Yeah. Once it's done, you can export it to other devices on your apple ID. Oh, okay so does it like sync across your apple to apple ids I, I don't know i haven't done that yet got okay well, I'll, it's I'll definite do it. maybe <laughs> i'm gonna do it here in the studio on my on my nice mic and yeah. and let it oh, crunch yeah and then I'll, I'll i'll you know in a future episode i'll uh, we'll play it and see what happens so and i'm guessing that it um was uh I'm guessing, sorry, if you heard that call coming in. We didn't hear the call. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Um, the, uh, uh, I'm guessing it'll do it much faster and a much better job on 
the Mac with the bigger processor. I, I mean, I could be wrong. I would assume. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. plus it also means I get to use my phone. So like th right. there's that too. Yeah. Yeah. And my exactly. Mac is usually pretty good at doing it. And I'd love to play Mac. it for you now, but I, I can't because my phone is my camera. Your phone's your camera. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And I look marvelous. You do look marvelous. If you're not watching on video, folks, you can, you don't have to. We, yeah. we are very aware that this is an audio show. Uh, really, we just started turning on the video because, uh, several years ago you folks said it would be great to can. watch you record the show so yeah. it, we we've we've enabled this very voyeuristic experience you can watch two sometimes three people record an audio podcast and we stream it to youtube and facebook uh and it's it it lives forever out there on youtube and facebook so you can go watch yeah. old recordings and and then we do chop up segments of it from time to time and and put those out as well but uh but you don't yeah don't feel like you're missing Unless you feel like you're missing something by not seeing us do it, you're not missing anything by not seeing us do it. Does that make any sense? Pete, you yeah. got one last one for us? I, I do, and I got to pull up JF, but he, he essentially asked us, um, how, here it is, listening to 1008 this morning in, here in the Southwest, and after hearing text entry tips with the N-M-Shift option hyphen and the proper ellipsis characters, I wondered how often do the tips that you learn and share on the show Stick and become part of your daily Mac use. Uh, are you at the stage where these things pretty much lock down? Or do you find, for example, uh, Dave was talking about the command K to open the keyword manager and photos become something you start using once you know about it. And, and he asked me, what's your example uh, in your Mac use of something you learned and adopted right away? Could be a fun conversation for you to share. And then he shared one with us, shift command slash. Dude, that, that's one right there. It became immediately part of my workflow. Wait, shift what command is it? slash <laughs> shift command slash yeah. opens the help menu. That's one of the ones that I always had to go and take the mouse and put it up at the top and click on help and then start typing in the word within the menus. But if you hit shift command slash, it opens which, the help which menu. Which slash? The one below the question mark or the one uh, above the return yes, key? Yes, the one below forward slash. Forward, yes. so, so it is. Yeah, yeah. okay. You, below you said the question it right. mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shift command forward slash. It opens the help menu and you can start mm -hmm. typing. So you aren't having to move your mouse to the top of the screen. Find the help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Click on it. And I imagine if you've got things mac maximized, let me see if that works. My help menu goes away. My top menu goes away. Right. But you can still do that and it does. It opens the. I like it. That became right away. It became part of my workflow. Yeah, uh, uh, immediately. So I, I um, will to answer JF's question. I yeah. will say that when I learned of the tug left to right thing, the opening quick tip, yeah, uh, it, it, which which I learned about maybe four days ago, three days ago, or something. It, it like I, I have it has become it has become part of my fingers memory now. Like. It, that doesn't always happen, though. There are a lot of these tips, like the the command semicolon, option semicolon, whatever it is for the the M, for the dots. Yeah, option semicolon for the ellipsis. Yeah, I I like that one's not in my fingers yet. Op, uh, command shift K or whatever it is to option shift K to do the the. See, I can't even remember what it is for the Apple logo. Like that, those I have to keep relearning over and over again. But some of these, where it's something that I I will use right away, it instantly right. gets into my yeah into right. My, and so that's why uh, shift command forward slash became immediately part of my workflow as I was prepping the show <laughs> questions. I was like, oh, where's this? Where's that? 
All right, look, fellow small business owners, we all know that these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for our small businesses. And we want to be 100% certain that we have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why we love LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. And LinkedIn Jobs has found the right people for our team time and again. I I always talk about how Sadie is doing a fantastic job here. She's been here several years. LinkedIn Jobs, that's how we found her. We never, she was not part of the like ecosystem of people that we know here. She didn't know about Matt Geekab before she came on, but yet she was the right person. And LinkedIn Jobs helped us find her. It's super easy. You just go create a free job post over there on LinkedIn Jobs. Then you add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word, right? That you're hiring. And then you get to use these simple but really powerful tools like these screening questions that make it super easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire because it's so important to find the right team member to have that positive and measurable impact on your business. And this is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk with faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MGG. That's linkedin.com slash MGG to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply and our thanks to LinkedIn jobs for sponsoring this episode. And now I get to talk to you about BB Edit, one of my favorite apps and the text editor that I use. It's running all the time because with BB Edit, I get to exercise total control over my text, right? I can apply text transforms that make it super easy to batch apply any of BB Edit's powerful text transformations across multiple files, folders, open windows, you name it. You can use BB edits text processing inside automator workflows. You can create, edit, format, or clean up any kind of text anywhere. And BB edits numerous built-in functions for converting, sorting, searching, and replacing text make it super powerful. You can locate and manipulate large volumes of text in small amounts of time with all of their great searching, including regular expression, you know, grep matching, and multi-file searching with file filtering, You can quickly and easily filter a document's text or selection through any suitable Unix command, and you can make short work of repetitive text processing tasks without scripting or programming with their text factories. These things are super cool. And then, of course, on top of that, you just get to type. So if you're coding or whatever, it's right there. It's really well done. I use it to count the words and characters in documents. I use it to compare two documents. And they've got a generous eval model, 30 days of full function to try out the app and then a fresh evaluation period for all customers with any versions pre-14 who were running in free mode. So go check it out. Download it from barebones.com. You get to run it in full functioning mode for free for 30 days. And then you get to decide whether you're going to keep the full function mode or you're just going to go to free mode. But you figure it out. Go check it out. Barebones.com. And our thanks to Barebones and BB Edit for sponsoring this episode. So, 
Rand writes in with a question, and it's basically, can I nuke and pave my Mac? Yes, you can. <laughs> he says, look. <laughs> yes, you can. You have our permission. Rand. You have our permission. That's correct. That's right. <laughs> Today only. Okay. I'm a big fan of OS X Monterey, and I had it on my MacBook Pro 16 M1. But while doing the recent Monterey Safari update, not Sonoma, the machine crashed and would not start for me, nor the local Apple Genius. So they sent it off. They sent the machine to Apple, and it came back with Sonoma and none of my data. <laughs> yeah. And I knew can pave and create a new Monterey system on the 16-inch M1 machine because I have all the backup stuff that I needed. And so uh, I reiterate, yeah, yes, you can. <laughs> you, 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 are, you have our permission. Next question. <laughs> and, and the answer is yes, you can. I recently. It's not easy. No, it's much different to nuke, to truly nuke and pave with Apple Silicon than it was with Intel, right? With Intel, you go into disk utility, you know, you go into recovery mode and you wipe the drive, right? You go into disk utility, you wipe the drive. Yeah, had it install a and then And then go back. You don't even need the install disk, right? You go into yeah. recovery mode, you launch disk utility, you wipe the drive, you come back to main recovery mode, you launch the installer right from there, you point it at your freshly wiped disk, and you are off to the races, right? And it that that would install whatever operating system came with your Mac, which for Rand is Monterey, uh, you know. It, but except Rand is running an Apple Silicon Mac, and I can speak to this because I just did it. I was, uh, you, if you remember my sagas here in the studio, I was running Monterey. I decided to upgrade to Ventura. But I didn't want to upgrade my internal drive to Ventura because I wanted to be able to, you know, boot into Monterey if it all crashed and burned. And so I put Ventura on an external drive and it was like, this is fine. But now I was like, well, now I want to upgrade to Sonoma. I'm OK with where I was with Ventura. So I just want to put a fresh install of, of Sonoma on my internal drive and then I'll use migration assistant to pull over my data from my external Ventura installation, right? Okay, so like still we're in the realm of things. So I followed the steps that I knew to follow. I went into recovery mode. I went to disk utility and I told it to erase my internal drive. And it gave me this warning that was like, if you do this, it's going to erase your everything. And I'm like, yeah, I know that's what I want to do. <laughs> And I was like, but this is weird. It's like, it's going to erase everything on your Mac. I'm like, well, you're not going to erase my external drives, but I already had a, a clone. Like yeah. I, I, I knew. <laughs> and yeah. I, and I thought, well, wait, I don't even need my external drive connected. So I disconnected it. It's like, oh, you're yeah, definitely not going to case. Yeah. yeah. You're definitely you're not, not going to erase. erase a drive that's powered <laughs> off and disconnected. So I, like, I, I obviously felt safe. You used to erase every hard drive on the planet. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If it's that good. Well, sorry folks. It was my fault. You know, yeah. uh, I thought I had permission. So yeah. I, I told it, fine, do that. Well, that's when things changed, Pete, because it, boot, mm -hmm. it was like wiping an iPhone, which given that it's Apple Silicon is not a great surprise. And so it immediately, it was like, all right, we've erased this drive. We must now reboot your Mac. There was no go back to the front and start your installation. Oh no, no. <laughs> I had to reboot the Mac. And then it was like, Oh, your Mac needs to be, uh, activated just like your, you know, your iPhone oh, needs to. So I went through that and then I was able to boot into this like weird recovery mode, sort of. 
And the only thing I could do was install Monterey. So I was like, okay. Monterey? Yeah, because that okay. was the default, the base OS that came with this For Mac. that machine. Correct. Okay. okay. And so I was like, crap. So I did that. I installed Monterey. I had to log in to Monterey to get the machine up and running. Okay. Yep. And then from there, I downloaded and installed Sonoma. And then, uh, but, you know, I'd already created a user account. So I'm like, how can I do this? And so I tried again, like at that point, the wipe and like, I'm like, well, maybe with Sonoma, it'll launch into the Sonoma installer after I do my hokey pokey. Nope. I put Monterey on again. I could not get it to boot into internet recovery mode because of, I don't know why. Okay. So, let me, uh, let me stop real quick. Please uh, do. Did you have a, uh, you didn't have an install. You're doing a download over the internet install. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. Which is helpful because you have gigabit ethernet. Not, Correct. not as helpful on a 300 baud modem. Correct. I, it was, <laughs> so I, I was, I think I was doing a download over the internet, but it wasn't okay. internet recovery in my previous experience would give me the latest operating system available oh, right, for my right, Mac. Yeah. Whereas yeah. local recovery would give me the initial operating system for this Mac. And okay. I kept getting the initial. So it, it might have been internet recovery, but it sure didn't feel like internet recovery. Okay. okay. So I like, but again, it's hard to say, cause I'm, you know, I did have to connect to the internet in order to, uh, to activate the Mac. Sure. So I, like, yeah, it was, but this was a bit of a, uh, you know, a, a goat rodeo to get through. Finally, I accepted that, okay, I'm just going to have to deal with this. So I put Monterey on, I downloaded the Sonoma installer again. I let it upgrade to Sonoma. I did not do any migration assistant yet. Once uh, Sonoma came up, I ran migration assistant. And this was when things got interesting because migration assistant gave me, gave me an option that I, I don't think is necessarily brand new, but it's certainly newer than the last time I ran it in this way, AKA inside of an already running user account. And it said, Hey, do you want to keep the user account that you have on this computer? Or do you want me to archive that off and replace it with the user account accounts from the drive that you're migrating from so that you essentially get the fresh install without this bonus user account getting in the way and screwing up all your user ID numbers and all that stuff. And I was like, yes, the latter, like, yeah, get, please. Yeah. this is a temporary user account that I had to create to get myself to the point where I could run migration assistant the way I wanted to. So yes, please get rid of it. And clearly an yeah, Apple engineer awesome. or two has been in that scenario, which is, which is why <laughs> this, we have working. This, this functionality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so the answer Rand is yes, you can, not only do you have our permission, but you have Apple's um, blessing, and now you have instructions to do it. Um, so, but it's a little convoluted. It's not. It's more like wiping an iPhone than it is wiping uh, the Macs that we used to know and love. Yeah. So, yeah. So I have one other question. Yeah, man. What, what does Goat Rodeo look like? <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm, Rand's about to find out. I yeah. I'm I'm wondering. I mean, I had already made uh, an image of two nerds giving uh, people their permission, which I thought was going to be the the uh, the, the episode image, and it might be. Yeah. Uh, 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 but I, you know, I uh, maybe I need to have two goats giving you permission. I don't. <laughs> oh, with two goats giving you permission. All right. So draw yeah. a picture. 
of a goat rodeo with two goats giving you permission. What about two nerdy goats? Yeah, there you go. They got to have the the broken glasses. You and the got it. Pocket protectors. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> on uh, their saddle. Yeah, and I'm I, I'm literally doing this in ChatGPT while we're while we're recording here. Right, because so, Dave can multitask. Well, now it's just doing it. So yeah, we're well. we're off to the races. We'll see. Yeah. You will know, of course, by now, folks, which decision we made. But uh, this is true. The um, yeah. So I, you want to read Ronald? Yeah, I do. So we were talking about Al Dente in a previous uh, episode. Yep. He says, I downloaded Al Dente and set the MacBook Pro to 80% max charge and did the same on my iPhone 15. For those who surprise. have never heard of Al Dente yeah. before, it's an app that lets you do kind of what you can do on your iPhone, where you can limit the charging to 80% of the battery or whatever percentage you want. In fact, right. Aldente gives you far more granular control than that. But it's it's to help keep your battery from overcharging and, and potentially you know causing it issues. Exactly. So, so it's to help you optimize your battery usage and, and battery life. Yep. But he says, to my surprise, the iPhone's battery began draining like crazy with ordinary use. He says, normally I'd go all day. Even on a busy day uh, with 80% on, by 4 p.m., I was down to 20 or 30% and had to turn my low power mode on soon thereafter or charge it on my way home in the afternoon. I also noticed that my MacBook Pro battery was also draining faster, but I'm not as sure as I am with the phone. When I turned 80% off but continued with battery optimization, my daily iPhone battery's life went back to normal. I also turned Al Dente off. A Google search did not turn up anything. All occurred directly after 17.1 was released, iOS 17.1. And and initially, I thought it was caused by that. I never had any overheating problems. It's all very mysterious to me, but things seemed back to normal. I just wanted to be aware in case you hear about it more. So I, I did some research on my own. And after conducting a search, I found a place on GitHub where another user had a similar issue with Al Dente. And he mentioned that his battery health on his MacBook Pro was actually getting worse after using Al Dente for four months. And he mentioned that uh, this was only uh, uh, a software issue and does not result in any real damage. And it can be reversed with the calibration mode of Al Dente or manually cycling the battery between 0% and 100%. I said, it's possible the battery drain issue is experienced and is related to Al Dente. But I said, I'd recommend uninstalling it and observing the battery performance on your devices. And if the issue persists, you know, consider talking to, to Apple support. But um, here's the thing. And I found I, somewhere in there, I found the comments, too. And it's my observation. Some people are, you know, the conspiracy theory theorist in all of us would say, well, Apple wants your batteries to get ripped up so that they can sell you more batteries. But I don't think you know I'd buy I buy into that. Apple, yeah. I don't either. I think Apple wants you to have the best user experience possible. And I think their engineers are smart enough for our device, all our devices to make the best use of the battery based on your, you know, some learning going on there and based on your usage that it's going to be, you know, I, I, so I'm saying I think Al Dente is probably a superfluous product. I So here's the thing. I, you might be right. I, I, like that was certainly my interpretation of it when I first found out about Aldente. Yeah. It's like, you know, years ago we needed things like this, but Apple's technology, the hardware of it and the software of it have gotten so much better over the years. And yeah. a, a large part of that is 
just the amount of data that they've been able to collect about how iPhones, like how mobile devices and batteries work, right? Like it's just so much more out there. And so that was my initial thought about that. And then, you know, I started hearing from some folks who leave their laptops plugged in all the time. We're like, yeah, you know, but like it, it, Apple's tech is way better, but there's still this thing where, you know, it will charge too much. And that's why we get to do what we do on our iPhones and limit the charging to 80% because your iPhone, the electrons, you know, to use Adam Christensen's phrase from a decade ago, the best thing to do for a battery is to keep the electrons moving, either flowing in or flowing out. Right. And so what happens with your phone is it follows that principle today. When you turn on that optimized charging, it flows electrons into your battery to get it up to 80% and then it stops flowing them in, but your phone is still on. So it's slowly trickling those electrons out, right? Like, so they're still moving. And then when it knows that you're, you know, whatever, an hour from waking up or however long it knows it's going to take, it blasts your battery up to 100%. And then also, you know, you take it off charge and it stops charging. So it is still honoring that general idea of keep the electrons flowing. With your Mac plugged in, on your desk all the time or most of the time those electrons aren't flowing quite the same way you know and right. so like but apple knows that i know but they've always why, known that so well right but that's why i'm saying now like in system settings it's optimized battery charging yeah, you know fair. to reduce battery there's an option there to reduce battery aging yep your mac learns yep yeah it does it does i i would I, I and where it really came to life for me was when we moved Lisa from oh, the Mac Mini that died to, to a MacBook to the, Air to the laptop. Correct, yeah. but it's yeah. a mostly plugged-in laptop. Sure. And it was that day that I was like, you know, do we really want to leave this plugged in for a couple of months at a hundred percent? Because that's where, like, I watched it after the first week. Yeah. It was just keeping it a at a hundred. I'm like. Right. hundred. Like they tell you not to keep batteries at a hundred. They tell you if you're going to like store it for a long time, get it up to like 70 and then just chill. So I was like, let's see what Al Dente recommends. And it was like, we recommend you set it at 70. And I'm like, that fits with, you know, I mean, it, right. there's a lot right. of confirmation bias going on here. And sure. I get that. But also a hundred percent seemed wrong to me. So we are still running Al Dente on her, on her, on okay. her laptop there. We'll see, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. So there was a, there was a photo on GitHub or a, 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 uh, a chart. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a screen capture of a chart that showed what normal battery usage should be and what his was. And okay. that's where it was showing that, hey, look, you know, you're, you're getting yeah, yeah. much worse performance out of yours. Yeah. But, you know, in the settings, you've got energy mode on battery, on power adapter, and it's automatic, high power, low power. And, you know, you get to choose how to optimize and I think it's, uh, um, I don't know, let go and let Apple. I could be wrong. I yeah. could be helping them to uh, charge me for a new battery sooner, but I, I don't think so. No, I don't think there's a a conspiracy here. Yeah. There is another conspiracy that I'm going to talk about in a minute, but I, I don't do think it. there's, I don't think there's one here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I like, I, I'm just, I, I want, I want to see more data and I, I want to be cautious until then, I, I guess is really where it comes from. Yeah, because she can't enough. unplug. 
it, her laptop is plugged into a dock that feeds her monitor and, you know, other peripherals. So she can't unplug it occasionally. Right. Because you unplug it and now the dock stops and charging. She's in pure but, laptop but then, mode. then it's just laptop mode. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like her Bluetooth keyboard would work, but no extra screen and all that stuff. Speaking of conspiracy theories, we but but please let us know, like if you've got even like all of our anecdotal experience together here really does kind of help inform us all. So feedback at MacGeekab.com. Uh, wait, 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 where? Feedback at MacGeekab.com? That's right. Feedback at MacGeekab.com. Unless you're a premium listener, then you get to email us at premium at MacGeekab.com. Premium. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to make a banner for that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Why not? That's yeah, what yeah, gonna I do. like that. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a, a couple of weeks ago, this video started making the rounds from Adam Savage uh, at, at um, oh, crap, why can't I think of the name of it? The, the guys who like in, figure out how things work and all this stuff. And um, it was this video that they used this. Um, they put a CT scanner on it. They right? put a CAT scanner yeah, yeah. on a uh, an Apple Thunderbolt. Uh, $120 cable. Yeah, the two meter, $130 <laughs> Apple Thunderbolt cable, right? Yeah. And and there were lots of these that, uh, you, you know, this, this video sort of went nuts in our community here. It, chances are you've heard of it. Lots of you shared it with us. And we hadn't really said anything about it until now. I was like, yeah, okay, that's cool. We had just finished going through how, in our, again, anecdotal testing, we could discern no functional difference between a Thunderbolt certified cable and a USB four cable. And, you know, a USB four cable is often half or slightly less than half the price of a Thunderbolt cable, but worked with all of our Thunderbolt right. peripherals, including Thunderbolt hubbing the USB four cable passed power, like all of those things. So functionally no difference. One is certified Thunderbolt. One is not even calling itself Thunderbolt, but functionally they did the same thing in every test we could run. We also said at the, at the time, like if I'm running a mission critical thing here where I've got something connected to my computer full time for years, I'm probably going to spend the extra 30 bucks or whatever and just get the Thunderbolt cable instead of, you know, yeah. wondering what my tests missed. Right. So it was with that that I was like, well, this is interesting. And so I looked at, I watched this video and sure enough, you know, they did this CAT scan of Apple's cable and, and they go through the connector uh, itself, which has like a ton of circuitry in it. And then also yeah. they look at the cable too and see how each thing is individually shielded. So yeah, that they did a cross section of the yeah. cable and yeah, it's amazing. It, absolutely amazing. And it does show this Apple cable. And if that's all the video did and it just stopped right there. I have no issue with it, right? It was sponsored by the company that was uh, making the the CAT scanners. And so that was fine. Sure. Like they were upfront about that. No problem. But what was really weird to me is that they did this whole, you know, cross-section deep right. dive into Apple's cable at $130 for a two-meter cable, Thunderbolt cable. And then they scanned three other cables the most expensive of which was a $13 Amazon Basics USB-C cable. And they showed how it didn't have nearly the same smarts as Apple's Thunderbolt cable. There's a little bit of emphasis that I'm sharing here to highlight that there's far more difference than the price of these things. 
the $13 USB-C cable doesn't even attempt to claim that it's doing the same things as a Thunderbolt cable. It would not work to connect your Thunderbolt devices. Right. A USB-4 cable would. An otherworld computing Thunderbolt cable would. Why didn't they compare it against those that are functionally similar? You know, that's a good point. I hadn't hadn't considered it in that sense that, uh, yeah, you should have done it with some others that were obviously much lower in price. But actual but, competitors. But claimed to do the same thing. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, apples to apples. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah. Pun, pun acknowledged. Oh, it was sort of intended. Yeah. <laughs> Ex- accidental pun. Yeah. But, so yeah. I, I, that, that was the part of this. It was like, why is, why did they do this? And yeah. why did all of the reporting that I saw about it not mention? It was just like Apple Thunderbolt cables. Amazing. It's like, okay. Yeah. Granted. But can we talk about what we're being like? This is not a comparison worth doing. Why was right. it done? in the sense of well the only other the what I got out of it was don't buy the three dollar cable mm-hmm. because Correct. they did one of the ones yes. they did was a three dollar cable and that USB C cable was clearly not even going to work but in one direction it, yeah you couldn't plug it in upside down and have it work at all that's right yeah if you it, that's a great point if you take the dissection of Apple's cable out and look at the comparison of the the three others the Amazon yeah. thir- Amazon Basics thirteen dollar cable and then all the way down to that, you know, $3 cable, then yeah, you know, which, which USB-C cable to buy. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, this was two different things. I don't know. It's just, it was just seemed fishy to me. I don't want to put tinfoil hats on anybody, but sure. Yeah. I wonder if it was just an oversight because I didn't catch that. I'm glad you caught that. It didn't even occur to me that, yeah, there were other cables out there claiming to do what the Thunderbolt cable did. Including it, it, other obviously Thunderbolt obviously a higher cables. price than $13. But, yeah, but like OWC's two-meter cable is half the price of Apple's right. two-meter cable. I want to know what the difference is between those two. Right. Does it matter? And, and I want to know what the difference is. And then I want to know, okay, there is or isn't a difference, even if there is. Does it matter? Like, do, at two meters, do we really care about whatever extra, if anything, right. the Apple cables. Do. I don't know. So, because uh, the mic. Well, I'll tell you what, though. I was amazed by the microtech down in there, the PC board and the uh, microchips and all kinds of stuff going on in those cables. Like, holy smokes! Super over engineered, and it's to yeah. to eliminate interference sure. and give you a super clean signal. Which, again, amazing. Oh, great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, that was my thing. That's that's my that's my yeah. rant for the week. You have our permission to yell at me for ranting because we we really don't rant a whole lot here. <laughs> uh, I, I needed to shake my fist a little bit about that because it just felt it felt suspect. Like you go and look at all of the publications. I guess I'm not done. Uh, that that wrote about this, and these are smart people, many of whom I would consider peers and and you know colleagues or coopetition. Like like we know each other. And they're smart people, and not one of them said this. Like, what's going on here? Anyway. uh, I think it's just an oversight. I think it's the way your mind works that you went, hey, you know, there's other cables here you guys didn't think to include. You know what? I'll give everybody the benefit of the doubt. We had just finished going through that. Each cable. Yeah. So maybe, yep, my, my, my lens on this was different. Maybe, yeah, maybe there is no conspiracy. Maybe. Or maybe, maybe maybe there is. Maybe there is. Uh, <laughs> you want to take us to Paul, Pete? I do. Save us yeah. from this craziness. So, yep. First was Rand. Now there's Paul. 
Paul rates. <laughs> we don't do politics on this show. What's going on? I know. You have our permission to yell at us about that, too. That's right. Go ahead. So Paul Conaway rates, and he says, I thought I heard that you can customize what you see in standby mode on another tech podcast. Whoa, 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 whoa. Mr. Conaway, you're listening to other tech podcasts? <laughs> we encourage you to listen to other tech podcasts. All That's right. how we all I'll learn. Tell you, what, you have our permission just this once. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't figure out how. I've been able to switch between photos. Uh, oh, let me back up and read it again because of the interlude yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I sure. thought I heard you can customize what you see in the standby mode on another podcast. But I can't figure out how. I've been able to switch between photos and different clock settings. What I'm looking for is the ability to add widgets from the iPhone's apps to one of the screen's options. I haven't been able to find a way of any about this, but is there a, is this a thing? Can it be done? You ask. It it can. Yes, you can definitely customize it. You aren't going to get all the widgets that you think you want uh, or even that you know you want. Yeah. Uh there are fixed widgets that are available in standby mode. And there's not too many of them yet. Presumably more coming. Think of it like your Apple Watch. And if you don't have an Apple Watch, think of how we've described, say, changing faces on your Apple Watch or adjusting complications. It is that user experience paradigm that I find most helpful when adjusting things in standby mode. You can swipe to the left and right to get different sort of macro views, different faces if you will and then within the faces you can swipe the different uh the different things to ch- you know the different um, widgets to change back and forth and you can also hold down and decide which widgets would appear in the uh you know in in that face but you're going to be limited but think of it like a watch press and hold swipe those are the things and of course if you're doing this in standby mode don't jiggle your phone too much because, you know, it'll take it out of standby mode as well. And I've there you found, go. which is so, super fun. Yeah. And I just want to register my complaint here with Apple. I don't like the word complications. Oh, that's for, not Apple's word, Pete. I, I as, like, a, as a watch okay. geek, you, you can yeah. you can have a, an issue with the term, yeah. but it is that okay. is Apple adopted that word from the uh, from horology, from from the watch lexicon. Okay. Because if you think about where it came from, it actually makes sense. But I also get why, if you have no idea where it came from, you would say this is stupid. Gotcha. Okay. It makes the watch more complicated. Well, I get that. <laughs> no, think of a watch, a standard analog watch yep. has has one, um, one function, right? It, it's just right. going to show you the time in 12-hour mode. Okay. Right. And now, maybe the date. And now let's say you want the date on there. Ah, yeah. we will add a date complication to the movement, right? Thinking of an analog mechanical more, watch. Yeah, making the watch more complicated. More com- You want a second yeah. hand? That is a complication. You want to put uh, the moon phase on there? That is a complication. And, and of course, if you're buying, you know, high-end mechanical watches, every complication you add, you, know, you could just basically add a zero to the end of the price. And, and you know, that's that's how they right price on. these things. Yeah. <laughs> um, you want a tourbillon in there to, to like, these are all these different complications. So that's where the idea, because the, the idea of these complications is on a mechanical watch, it would show you on the face of the watch, the result of the complication, right? The day right. or the day or you know right. whatever it might be. And so, so I'm surprised they didn't call it widgets, I guess was my point, you know? That would be a much better term. Yeah. For for an electronic watch, obviously. Yes. You know, I get it's more complicated than a mechanical analog. 
No, but but you're like the like the term fits with yes. a mechanic yeah. with a mechanical watch. Widgets fits with a and and I mean we're doing it here. We were, right. I you know sharing the answer of how to adjust your your standby mode widgets. I started talking about how to adjust your watch complications and th- and I mean I think I literally said think of it the same way. It's like well yeah. why are we using these with this literally antiquated term? Yeah, yeah. Huh. So I get it. I'm surprised they didn't. I, I, you know, Apple's certainly cut their own path on so many occasions. I'm surprised they didn't on this one. But I am too. You know, when they when they announced the watch, it was a big deal for them, and they were nervous. Yeah. Like I think they they wanted it. They to, weren't sure people wanted wearables. No, I'm not sure I wanted a wearable when they announced it. Yeah, and like I I remember going. I was at uh that. Yeah, event. in fact, that's when we had breakfast in San Jose. That. No, that wasn't that day because this was on oh, Apple's was campus. The, oh, okay. I, I thought that was the watch day. All right. No, this was on on Apple's campus in Cupertino. No, where you okay. and I had breakfast in, in San Jose was like a, an iPad event, I think, at the theater okay. there in, in downtown. But yeah, they invited me out for that one. They don't invite me for everything, but they invited me for that because they knew I was like a watch nerd. And uh, the the vibe there was very... like it was different than most events. They were, they were clearly nervous, but also just the attendees. I would say I, it, like maybe half of the attendees were not techie people. They were people from like the watch nerd world. Okay. And so oh. it was pretty obvious what was coming, right? Like, it's like, yeah. Oh wait, you write for Hodinkee. Oh, okay. Well, I know why you're here. Like, I know why we're all here. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the, there, you know, they they had like a hands-on thing afterwards or whatever, and and right. And I remember you saying that you got to put it on, and you yeah. felt the little tap, the little but, tap in the like, haptics, and that the, it was kind of unique. And I was it like, was okay. yeah, it was very different. Yeah. But yeah. the conversations that I had with like Apple employees that I know or whatever in mm-hmm. the hands-on room afterwards showed a a like a like person who had just been through an ordeal and finally got to breathe was was okay. the vibe they were all i think they were all pretty tightly wound about that announcement and how it might go and would people be happy or would people be you know scratching their heads over why are you making this thing so yeah so i so that's all to say that might explain why they didn't want to reinvent that terminology they wanted sure. to to appeal to the luxury watch lovers um, but whatever their path was, yeah. it worked. No, oh, right. I mean, fair enough. Because yeah. I, I'll tell you, I don't know how many years earlier I had essentially abandoned a, a wristwatch. It, when right. I want to know what time it was, I would simply pull out my phone and look because it was always with me. Yep. And and it took a just, you know, yeah. It was almost less work than looking at my wrist. <laughs> yeah. Almost. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, right. So for years I didn't have a wearable, and I think that was very much their trepidation to create a wearable. Go, did the people want one? There's no demand out there, but the same by the same token, there was no demand for uh, an iPod, and there was no demand for an iPhone. Correct. Correct. And they, yeah. Well, there was more, more demand for an iPhone yeah. than there was for an iPod at yeah. the moments where they released each of those products. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And they they wound up coming up with these products that we didn't know we wanted, and now we have to have. Correct. Lots of them. Too many of them. <laughs> Speaking of products that we didn't know we needed until we had them, Ari writes in 
and says, I know you stay pretty up to date on the automatic slash robot vacuums. Which one is your current favorite? Okay. Uh, I have a, a couple of favorites here. So I've tested the Yuffies from Anchor, the Neato, and the Roborock. I've tested some others too, but those those are kind of the ones. I, currently, my my favorites are the the Roborock and the Neato. They just seem to do... I haven't tested the very latest from Yuffie, so bear that in mind, and I probably will, and and then maybe I'll I'll add that in back to the favorites list here. But you know the the Roborock, the Roborock is if if I had to then pick between the Roborock and the Nito, I'd probably lean for the Roborock. But I, like they, they're both yeah. really really close. Um, right now I'm running the Roborock Q5, and I think it's the Q5 Plus because it has the auto emptier thing, which I'll talk about. Yeah, and then cool. the Neato D10, which does not have the auto emptier. And um, I I wouldn't say you need the auto empty functionality. I I believe that was created for people who said, well, what's the if what's the use of having a robot vacuum if I have to empty it all the time? Well, the reality is you we run ours every day. Uh, it runs in the middle of the night, except for the one in our bedrooms, which runs while we're having dinner uh, on a different floor of the house. But, you know, we run them every day and I find that if I empty it once a week, that's fine. It's, you know, it, it packs the stuff into its little container. And so that's totally fine. And at least once a week, the vacuum is going to pick up something like a cat toy or a pipe cleaner, which in our house are also cat toys. Uh, and you need to mess with it or it gets stuck in a corner that it, it shouldn't get stuck in or, you know, whatever. And so you got to pick it up. And, and man, put it, they grab shoelaces like they're stone tomorrow. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right. You know, or backpack, um, like the straps yeah. from a backpack or whatever, like yeah. those kinds of things. And it's no big deal, uh, but you pick it up and you're going to put it back on its base. And while I'm doing that, even the one that empties itself, I will empty the, the container sure. because why do I want the other thing to fill up any faster than it needs to? I've got the stupid vacuum in my hand. And it's really not that stupid. It's quite smart. But yeah. I've got it in my hand. I dump it out. And I also take that moment, usually a couple times a month, to take either their, they all come with these like specially formed, like little knives that, to cut all the hair that's going to wrap around right. the roller. So I'll be like, oh, there's a ton of hair, pet, pet hair or human hair, whatever it is, you know, on the roller. I'll clean that off while I'm at it. You, you know, and then I yeah. put it back on its base. It charges and it's good to go for the next, the, the next round. But the the feature that really is the game changer, and I've had vacuums before and after this, is LiDAR navigation. This is, I will not use a robot vacuum without LiDAR navigation now. It changes everything about how these things can work and navigate your home and not run into stupid things. Like but Dave, that's creating a map of your home and sending it to China. It sure is. Yep. And if the Chinese uh, <laughs> bad a- your home, if, if some got bad actor in China wants to bother to get on a plane or even just ship the map of my home to someone here in the United States, you can get a map of my home by going to my town's website for free. <laughs> like the floor plan Wait, is what? right there. Yep. So it really yeah. isn't a problem. And yeah. it, 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 I love it. Like it, but it, the LIDAR mapping is so much more than just having the map of your home. But that in and of itself is fantastic because you can say, oh, clean this room. Don't clean this room. Uh, right. Like on the spot. You can put, yeah, you can put up uh, invisible walls. Correct. 
no go it, zones. It yeah, you the no go zones, but it also is seeing things, and so like all those stories, and somebody's putting something in the Discord about you know like a vacuum with dog poop, you know, driving it around the house or whatever. That yeah, that happens far, far, far less often with these lidar scanners because they put pattern recognition into them, and so they notice. Oh, don't go there, you know. Well. So. I have a story about that. Oh, is it with a and LIDAR vacuum? Those watching on video, uh-huh. you see over my left shoulder, yep. my my little girl who's little, 50 pounds, sure, who's sure. going to be 15 next month. And, and last month, she got left alone for many hours while we went to a funeral and uh, came home to, uh, yeah, it, 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 the RoboRock, I think it's the six or the seven. Okay. It has LIDAR and uh, it apparently it, didn't recognize didn't. so oh, that sucks no. now the good news is is we had taken up all the carpets we are down to the bare wood floors mm. and so much easier to clean That's up and much to easier clean. to clean the vacuum sure sure but uh boy was that frustrating just oh, he's like sucks. oh man i thought it was supposed to avoid that i did oh. too yeah. <laughs> well there you go but so, yeah I, these but, are these are game-changing things i i have not yet tried a robot vacuum with mopping capabilities, right? Like I think the eight plus has that and I've got one. I'm going to break it out of the box okay. and uh, I'll, I'll be ready to jump in on the next. Okay, great. Yeah. Cause I, I, too, I'd so. be curious to see, you know, for like a kitchen area, obviously that, that could also be kind of a game changer. So, um, yeah, but, but I, you know, I, there are lots of good ones out there. We've mentioned three brands. My guess is that the Yuffies with the LIDAR and all of that stuff, are equally as good as the others. I just haven't had an opportunity to test yeah. those yet. But um And if you've got pet yeah. hair in your house oh. and it's so much so much easier to stay in front of it when it's done every day. Yep. You know, you just aren't gonna break out the vacuum cleaner every day and do the entire house. No way. No way. And, and it's and it's really nice if you're gonna have people over or whatever, we can say, all right, you know, we just tell it, you know, from our watch or our phone, go vacuum the living room quick. And in twenty minutes it's done. But you like your involvement in that was to tell it, go vacuum the living room quick. And then it just goes and does its thing. It's really nice waking up every morning to a, a freshly vacuumed house. It, and yeah. I've noticed it because as I mentioned, our kitchen's been under construction. So we have not had the vacuum running on the ground floor of the house for almost two months now. And it's like, you know, the other day, Lisa and I were like, okay, yeah, like we got to, we got to run the thing, you know, <laughs> this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, our house is just a mess. It's like, we're close though. Really, really, really close. In fact, maybe by now the electrician that's over there, um, will have finished with like one of the last pieces. So yeah, we actually you still haven't answered my question. How do you get the electrician to show up in under seven months? Uh, yeah. I, I, I told, I gave you the name of the, the, the guy yeah. that's here. So, you know, yeah, he'll be here. Yeah. I, okay. I, he said he could see me in May. Seriously? Seriously. I don't know how I got him. And I don't, I don't so I either. don't know the answer to that question, Pete. I, I, charmed life, I suppose. Yeah. yeah I so I said yes. I think I've got a beat on another guy before then, but okay. that's, that's a personal thing off to the side. Let's go with, let's go back to questions. Yeah. We're way yeah, down yeah. a rabbit hole here. We are way down a rabbit hole. <laughs> and the poor rabbit didn't do anything to invite us in. No, Fernando has a question that, uh, that we've been kind of tossing around for a couple of weeks here. And I don't know what I did. Oh, no, I have it right here. Fernando yeah. asks, is there a way to globally disable the command H keyboard shortcut that hides the frontmost application? I never use it. And I'd like to use command H in my Tmux config. And th- the answer is yes. 
there's a couple of ways to do this. If you go in to uh, system settings, keyboard, uh, keyboard uh, shortcuts, yes, okay. yep, and and then go to um, uh, which one is it? Yeah, if you go to app shortcuts, you can add a keyboard shortcut for individual applications or for all applications. In Fernando's case, I would choose all applications and I would map command H to whatever you want to map it to. And then it will no longer be mapped to the default of any given application. Whatever you do here, again, system settings, keyboard, keyboard shortcuts, app shortcuts, whatever you do here takes precedence over whatever's built into an app. So you can change things and add things here. And, uh, and, and that should do it. So you could map it to nothing. You could map it to a dummy menu item. You could put, you know, um, don't you, you could map command H to a menu item named don't get caught. Right. And then assuming you have no apps with don't get caught as a menu item name, the, command H will do nothing. And then that's the end of that. So it sh- that should, should. So I wonder work. if you could follow your own advice and, Prevent yourself from inadvertently pausing the recording, Dave. I can. Yes. Yeah. We were talking pre-show that I noticed the recording was paused, which scared me because that had never happened accidentally before. Um, And I I thought about that. I thought about doing a mapping for audio hijack only for command B to be something dummy and, you know, routing it into nowhere, essentially. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because. But, yeah. The other way you could do this is if you run, say, keyboard maestro. Right. And you can tell keyboard maestro to trigger an action based on command H and, and you could even have that action be a little dialogue that pops up and, you know, says, Hey, you accidentally hit command H. I just thought you might want to know, but in, in Fernando's case, you know, he wants to map it to his Tmux config so he can absolutely do that. And, and you could use keyboard maestro to trigger an automation that, 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 you know, files into that, like all, all of those things. So there's lots of different ways uh, to, yeah, skin that cat. To, yeah, that's right. We don't like to skin cats here. We're not into animal cruelty, Pete. Well, you know. Okay. Sometimes they deserve it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like not like the when cats, you, like, the, the keyboard stroke. The keyboard know? stroke. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That cat deserves to be skinned. Get that keystroke to get what you need. That's right. I don't know where so. we're going with this. Yep. Uh, no politics. We broke that rule. We, yep. We, yep. We broke the uh, animal, animal cuelty, cruelty. Yep. Go, go rodeos and skin cats. So, yeah. You know. I don't know, man. <laughs> I do want to take a second and say thank you to all of the folks who are part of our Mac Geek Gab premium program, which you can learn about at MacGeekGab.com. MacGeekGab.com slash premium. Uh, we, it's only been a few days since we've recorded the last episode because of some, uh, scheduling things, but, uh, I wanted to take a minute and thank the following folks for their $10 contributions that have come in since then. Cal from Russellville, Donald from Furlong and Chris from Chorleywood. Thanks to each of you. And then $25 contributions from Scott in Columbia, Peter in Fort Myers and Charles in Midlothian. And a $40 contribution from Rand in Portland. So uh, you all rock. Thank you. Thank you. And if you want to learn more about that, of course, MacGeekGab.com slash premium. We have some time, Pete, for some cool stuff found. No. Break out your wallets, folks. I wanted to. (laughs) uh, It it seems like, you know, things happen in themes here on MacGeekGab. Steve Hammond 
sent in a, a pretty cool one that I had never seen before. It is OW's, OWC's drive speed for iPhone. And it's designed for iPhone users who need to monitor, monitor and optimize video transfers between their iPhones and external drives. And sure enough, like it's a, it's an iPhone app that will show you the speed of those transfers and, and let you test the speed okay. and make sure that you're getting, this is super handy. It, it you know, it also would run on iPad, uh, this will let you know, does your, is your cable fast enough, right? Like, which is an important thing when you're, if you're transferring data a lot from your iPhone or iPad to, uh, you know, an external drive. So, yeah, I thought that was does pretty it, good. Uh, I, I would imagine whether you're cabled or using Bluetooth or um, is it doing that too, or only on a cable? My guess is that you would only use this for a cabled connection. Okay. But... Like that's yeah. Yeah. Cause how else would you No, it, it forces you to point at a disc. So yes, gotcha. it's for a cabled connection. Absolutely. Gotcha. Drive yep. speed. Dry there. Hence drive speed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, okay. related to that one that I've actually had in the list for a little bit because it came up when answering a few questions a couple of weeks ago is another app that you can get for free called Blackmagic's Disk Speed Test. Now, this is one that we've talked about here on the show many, many times over the years, and it's essentially the same app for your Mac, right? Uh, and would not surprise me if this was the inspiration for OWC creating the iPhone app that we just mentioned because you, you kind of want it on that platform now too. But it's super handy to be able to test again. Is like when I, when I talk about SSDs on the show that I've reviewed or whatever... And I say, yep, and it tests out to, you know, 2,400 megabytes a second reads and 2,300 megabytes mm -hmm. a second writes. It's black magic tests that I'm running on those drives. And I let it run for a long time to get through any caching and all that stuff and really just, you know, lets me see what that drive can do. Not only does it let you test the drive, it lets you test for whatever weak link in a chain you might have. And so... uh it, it's a great way to test. Does this cable actually let me send at full speed? I know the drive tests out with a known cable. So now let's swap the cable, changing one variable. Does it still work? Another thing that's really interesting is if you're using, say, a Thunderbolt dock and you have a display connected to that dock and then you hang a drive off of that dock, watch what happens to your write speeds to your drive when you have a display running, because guess what? That display takes up a little bit of bandwidth. They're going to have to share. They're going to have to share. And the display yeah. is using it full time. So it it's a, it's really a, a handy sort of setup tool when I'm configuring an environment to say, all right, wait, where am I putting the drives, you know, physically and logically? Let me make sure I put them in a spot where they can be the most efficient. And then maybe I'll put the display and like my audio device or something shared on that port because neither one of them is going to use full speed and, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Fun. Uh, so that's nice. those two. And then uh, on the subject of speed, one last cool stuff found for today is uh, Robster shared with us uh, something called Open Speed Test, which is an HTML5 speed test that you can do uh, for you know your your internet speeds, but you can self-host it. And he says I have it running on a Mac Mini connected via Ethernet, so that there are no bottlenecks to or from that particular machine. 
Then he says, all I have to do is type in the address for that machine server from any device on my network, and I can see how fast any given device is compared to its Ethernet connectivity. So this is simpler than, uh, arguably simpler than setting up an iPerf server and then having to get an iPerf app for your iPhone in order to test things. You can do this with a web browser, and he says he's able to see full gigabit speeds when on a connection that's you know that that would support that so yeah yeah so you've mentioned you mentioned iperf now you got to tell people what that is just ever so briefly it is it's a it's a terminal command that you can run in either client mode or server mode and so the idea behind iperf is you run it in server mode on one of your macs or i have it running on one of my disk stations and then i run it in client mode on my macs from the terminal iperf3 is the command and then my iphone i had to go download an iperf app because i can't get into the terminal on my iphone and install apps and so uh then i can speed test to my disk station similarly to what robster just described doing with open speed test so yep um but uh but this looks a little easier to set up so yeah yeah nerdy stuff but you know that's what we do here we're nerds you have our permission to be a nerd there you go yep we have our permission to once. attend a goat rodeo just this once. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and from henceforth. <laughs> <laughs> and, for, and from henceforth. That's right. Yes. Just this once and any other time. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us, folks. A fun Indeed. one. Indeed. Yep. Yep. Send in your stuff. Feedback at MacGeekGab.com. We love, obviously, we love getting your questions and tips and comments. Not only do we get to learn, we get to share. We all learn together. I love our community. And if if you are not yet a part of our Discord, please feel free to join us. All are welcome. It's MacGeekGab.com slash Discord. We'll get you there. And there's a link from the homepage of MacGeekGab.com too. It's a wonderful community. It's, you know, I, I don't even have to knock on wood about this. I, I probably should, but I'm not going to. Because I it's no great surprise to me how kind and helpful our community is. Everybody that's ever emailed us over the years, even with, you know, negative feedback has also been kind and wonderful. And it's just an awesome little uh, oasis on the Internet of people helping each other. And I love it. So that's our Discord community. Yeah. But if you've got negative feedback, give it to another show. No, we want it. We (laughs) like to improve. I think maybe that's part of it. It's like, you know. We like constructive criticism. Absolutely. negative feedback. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. I'll take that. I'm just saying. That's right. You have our permission to give us negative feedback just this once. Uh, So, yeah, thank you for hanging out. Thanks to Cashfly for providing all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you. Go check out Pete's other shows. So there I was for aviation enthusiasts. Go check out Business Brain, another show I do for business, uh, small business owners, entrepreneurs, and enthusiasts. And then Gig Gab for musicians and enthusiasts. All kinds of enthusiasts. What would this show be? Apple enthusiasts. So, you know, that's what we do. Heck. The, the niches are fun. And so we, yeah. we do lots of them. So go check those out and uh, follow us on Mastodon. I, I'm getting more into Mastodon again here. I'm there finding it to be an easier thing to use and We've got links in the show notes where you can find each of us there, including a link to the app I like to use called Mona. There are others. Whatever app works for you is great. So, yeah. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks to our sponsors, of course, LinkedIn.com slash MGG and 
barebones.com. Go check them out and check out all our sponsors, macgeekup.com slash sponsors. <sighs> we made it. Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. Starting to feel the dehydration that comes along with not sleeping enough. So hope, hopefully I didn't lip smack too much during the show. Pete, you have any advice? Three words. My, you have my, my permission to share three words of advice. <laughs> Don't get caught. Made up.